First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Mr. Guibault is going to come out and announce some pretty draconian regulations on gas cars that will be out, um, I guess we won't be allowed to own them by 2035. Would you keep these regulations in play? Would you change anything? Do you support it? No, these, this is a tax on the poor. So would you, would you cancel these, these regulations? Yes. You would? Yes. Okay. That was my chat with Pierre Polyev earlier this uh, morning on the show, 945, and one of the questions I did ask is, Will you cancel the um, regulations Stephen Guibault will roll out at noon, which will force manufacturers and auto sales to phase out uh, gas cars in less than 12 years? And yeah, he would. Uh, only based on the fact that, you know, it's too much too soon, right? You've got to ease people into it, and not everybody can, can go into this luxury car market or market at all. I mean, when you look at the stats right now, uh, one in eight cars that we sell in this country are electric or the hybrid plug-in. And uh, that's because they're expensive still. They're, they're pretty pricey, even though they're coming down still to everyday normal people, it's pricey. You wait months, especially in a place like Toronto, you can take um, months to get them. And without the infrastructure built, which would include 442,000 more public charges by 2035, there is this fear of running out of charge. And that uh, is still a huge turnoff. For owners, you just don't want to have to worry, am I going to run out of energy? Ken Bokar is a producer and host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube. He joins us now. Good to have you, Ken. Thanks, Alex. Thanks for having me on. Big day, no question about it. Um, I guess, you know, the Trudeau government wants to have its legacy cemented in green energy, certainly EV. Uh, what do you make of what, what they're doing today? Like, what, what on blush, on first blush, comes to mind when you hear about the deadline? Well, I mean, they've been uh, articulating these dates for quite some time as part of the federal government's climate uh, action strategy. So there's really no surprise in these dates. They're just looking to harden it now, put some regulatory oomph behind it, as you mentioned in the opening. Um, so that's going to help to motivate, stimulate OEMs to kind of, you know, speed up their uh, their electrification strategies uh, under these new timelines. I don't think people have a problem transitioning to a better technology. And I think Canadians, by and large, do want to do what they can for, for the environment or whatever. Um, it's just for a lot of people. This is still a very different world. And it's going to take, I think, a lot of people a long time to transition over. And given the state of where we are with the infrastructure, you know, I was looking at some of the numbers. Um, right now, the federal government's only building 6,000 chargers a year. And we still need, you know, 450,000 by 2035. So... Do you see this as too ambitious, too fast, too soon? You know, it could be. I think uh, what the federal government is trying to uh, get the message out is that, look, we need some urgency from a timeline perspective in reacting to climate change. And these policies will help drive that urgency down to the consumer market. However, the reality is, I think, as you mentioned, the adoption probably won't happen as fast as what the federal government is hoping for. The markets are going to dictate the, the policies in reality. So it's great to set goals. It's great to set some, some forces behind that. 
But the overall consumer markets are going to really drive that. And I've been saying for years that this EV adoption is a decades-long transition. It's not something that may, you know can be done uh, overnight. Um, part of the challenge is just simply, as you mentioned, some of the affordability aspects, the inventory, um, you know, the supply chain. There's a lot of dominoes here that uh, need to fall in order for things to happen. But it is a good story. Yeah, look, and, and the complexities of this country. We're a very, very cold country, and we are a yeah. very big country. And <laughs> you can't put charging stations everywhere. So we, we do have some challenges. Um, but, you know, what does this mean then for the gas-powered car? Because, you know, this will signal, okay, we're not going to be investing, I guess, into the future. So you could see them scaling back on certain models. Could we see a glut in the market? At some point where we're not getting enough EVs and uh, maybe all those building gas cars say, well, we're not, we're not investing in that anymore. So too bad you get what you get. You know, that, that's always the potential for those kind of market swings to happen. Um, I don't think gas cars are going away anytime soon. However, the amount of models and trims that are available in the internal combustion vehicle marketplace uh, will definitely go down. I mean, there, there's a really a, a, a so many different models and trims mainly SUVs and pickups, because that's the hot part of the markets, both here and south of the border. So I see some some lessening in the amount of availability in those models and trims from an internal combustion perspective and more avail- availability from an EV perspective. I would like to address some of your concerns, if mm. we have the time, yeah, yeah. about charging and range anxiety. Sure. Yeah, well, no, I mean, the, 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 the one thing I hear from EV um, buyers, if you're in the market to buy, and I, I'm not yet in the market, I'll mm-hmm. you know, maybe in the next four years, whatever, is... What if there's no charging? And I think for a lot of people, it's like, I'm not buying one if I can't charge it. And I don't want to wait, you know, half an hour. And so tell me how far are we away from having that infrastructure and, and, and this anxiety that goes with it? Like, how do you get rid of the range anxiety? Yeah, you know, range anxiety was a hot topic, you know, five plus years ago when EVs were, weren't, uh, especially all electrics, were not as capable as they are today. You know, the average EV is about 450 to 500 kilometers of range. Most of them support quick charging in the 20 to 30 minute range when you're road tripping. So that's an acceptable norm for most people. And especially here in Canada, where most households have more than one vehicle. So you could you could have a primary vehicle as an internal combustion if you were worried about long road trips and make that switch to all electric for a secondary or third vehicle or whatever and get used to to charging and the the lifestyle that comes with owning an all-electric. You know, I did a comparison on, on gas stations to EV charging stations in Canada back in 20, at the end of 2022, and it was about 360 uh, gas cars are available uh, or out there looking at one gas pump, uh, gas pump, available for one gas pump, versus about 33 EVs per charging station. So there's actually more charging stations than people realize and, you know, that doesn't even include home charging, where the vast majority of all electric uh, vehicle owners charge at home uh, for most of their daily use. Albeit, there's still a ton of infrastructure that has to be built because you would have to update Correct. all the lines. And, you know, you go, come to a city like Toronto, I, I don't see them anywhere in my neighborhood. And I think it's 22 houses right now to power 11 cars. Um, if everyone has to worry about sharing that kind of stuff and, and if this is going to cost more, they will have a bit of pause for concern. But what does it mean, um, Ken, you've got cold climates like in Calgary, uh, Saskatchewan, Yukon. There are a lot of really cold winters, right? Like we're babies yeah. here in, in Toronto. you got to plug your car into some um, places in this country. Does that impact electricity or are they going to be, um, how are they going to be impacted? Because that is also a huge concern of people is the climate. Yeah, you know, there's no uh, there's no getting around the physics of EV batteries currently in their state that 
you know, extreme cold temperatures can lessen the range of an EV by 30 or 40 percent in winter times in those cold temperatures that you mentioned. That's just a fact. So what people do is when they buy a vehicle, they size it accordingly for their daily driving needs. And then, I mean, it's not uncommon in places like Winnipeg and other cold uh, cities, so winter cities, to see block heaters, yep. uh, plugs, or your 110 plugs everywhere in public parking lots for that same reason. So, so can you do that to an electric car? Free. They can go on the block Absolutely. heater? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you can plug it into a 110. They all come with 110 minimum as a 110-120 capable charging uh, apparatus, cords, that they come with, and that will keep the battery pack warm and at a nice state so that the range does not drop as much and it can pull a charge by doing that. So there are techniques as well um, when you, you know, to charge and to um, precondition the battery and stuff. If you have home charging, you can plug it into to negate some of those range issues at the cold winters. But, the, you know, it certainly is a fact the EV manufacturers and the, the battery manufacturers are moving towards technologies to overcome that, but we're not there quite today. And just for pricing, yeah. what do you see in the future as far as car pricing? I mean, are you looking five, 10 years for just affordable? Because it is, it is a challenge. Cars mm-hmm. are not cheap, and there are people that are low income and that this is just not going to be part of their budget. But what's the cheapest? Do you, do you see them being as cheap as a, a gas-powered car at some point? Well, I mean, I see them being as cheap as a gas car now. I mean, when you do the return on the investment, so if an EV, if an all-electric is a little bit more than a comparable internal combustion vehicle, when you look at the uh, the savings between uh, charging costs, especially home charging costs, which is dirt cheap, you know, uh, I can go 400 kilometers in the summer on my all-electric Model 3, and it costs about $5 of home charging to do that. So you can figure out what a gas cost would be, but it's easy to save two to $4,000 a year, depending on your driving, just by fuel costs alone. There's some maintenance savings as well. So when you look at that ROI, you start making that savings equates to about three to four years, maybe three to five years when you or that you save uh, to equate to the more money that you've spent. However, in saying that, I don't know if, if the listeners know, but the average light-duty vehicle price, and this is across the board, EVs, hybrids, internal combustions, everything, in Canada right now is about $64,000 for a new vehicle. That's what Canadians are average are paying on average. So, you know, when I hear people talk about affordability, but that's what's going out the door today off most dealer lots. Uh, yeah. We do need more affordable EVs for sure, though. Just quickly before I let you go. Yeah. Batteries, though. I just read about a cab driver. I had to pay 40 grand for a battery. So, like, he, he got the car, but he can't afford yeah, the battery, you know, right? There's been a couple of stories uh, over the last couple of weeks which have sensationalized that a bit. What I will say is, look, I mean, you know, if, if something's out of warranty, then there's a risk on the owner that there is that risk to, to maybe incur a heavy cost. Um, when you see pricing about batteries that they're, they seem to be higher than the price of the vehicle, to me, that's a red flag and that's not, not the norm. You know, it's really up to the owner to take the emphasis to go after the OEM, whatever that, whoever that manufacturer is, and have those conversations to say, look, what can we do to lessen the impact of that? Um, because there's no way that a battery pack is going to cost more than the actual price of the vehicle. Uh, today. So it's a matter of having those conversations. Battery packs are typically lasting. I mean, there's still a lot of, you know, 2010, 2012 vehicles out there that are on original battery packs that have not been replaced. So they should last 10 years. Should. All right. Well, stay mm-hmm. tuned. We'll see what uh, happens today. Appreciate all the info. Thanks, Ken. You're quite welcome. There you go. Ken Bogar is a host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube. So are you sold? Now you've heard from somebody who's been in this area for an awful long time, sees a whole lot of benefits.
are you sold? We're getting regulations in under an hour. It's going to be a big transformation. Some say it's way too fast, way too ambitious, and we won't be ready. But are you of the mind that this is the right direction to go and people will go with it? 